Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. Hello and welcome to the February edition of Let's Talk Fleet Risk, which this month is all about Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, or ADAS for short. ADAS covers all the collision avoidance systems and driver assistance technology that can help avoid a collision or minimise the severity in the event that the incident can't be avoided altogether. It's a subject that I'm personally fascinated by and I've monitored how these systems have developed over recent years. With me today is Matthew Avery, who is the Chief Research Strategy Officer for Thatcham Research. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. So, Matthew, perhaps you could start by giving us a brief introduction as to why ADAS is important and how Thatcham is involved and what your role is. Sure. So um, Thatcham is a not-for-profit UK uh, insurance-funded research centre, and we're members of an organisation called EuroNCAP. I'm sure many of your viewers will know EuroNCAP. Um, That's an organisation that's uh, 25 years old now. And has been leading the charge in getting information out to the consumer for them to buy a safer vehicle, a safer car. Um, Since um, about 2014, we have really pushed the fitment of uh, advanced driver assistance systems. Um, So these are systems that help avoid the collision in the first place. Um, So we've moved from doing crash testing and and looking at seatbelts and airbags and looking at the ability to avoid having a collision in the first place. And uh, vehicle manufacturers have been fitting technology, cameras and radars on vehicles effectively to detect what's around them, uh, respond to a um, a potential collision threat by automatically putting the brakes on or even steering to avoid a collision. It's very effective technology and we've seen it really working with vehicle manufacturers and car manufacturers um, we've now got a huge amount of standard fit uh, in AEB technology, and it's reducing crashes by about 35%. So it's really good technology. And it's there not only protect, to protect yourself, but it's also there to protect other uh, road users and vulnerable road users. So it's um, these systems will pick up cyclists and pedestrians, as well as picking up other vehicles and preventing you know, a life-threatening collision. So we saw that this technology was really working and we began to sort of broaden our scope in sort of 2018 and looking at other vehicle types. And research that Thatcham undertook really saw the huge void there is between passenger cars and vans. So we have a huge amount of standard fit on passenger cars and vans from the very same manufacturer, almost no technology being fitted at all. Good example of that was Nissan. We looked at the um, uh, Nissan Duke and that as sort of standard fit lane support systems, advanced driver assistance systems, radars, cameras, um, uh, speed limiter systems, great technology, a five-star car. When we look at the NV400, which is I think now called the Interstar, and uh, same sort of price, absolutely no technology available at all, not even as an option. And we thought there's no reason for a manufacturer who makes the same equipment for similar vehicles not doing that. So we started in 2020 our first ratings of commercial vans to sort of uh, highlight to the public, to fleet operators, to owner drivers and to 
large fleets, you must have this technology fitted. You have it on your cars, you should have it on your vans, where much of it is simply not available, choose another van. Where it is available, but it's a cost option, make sure as a fleet operator, you're ticking those boxes to protect you, your driver, and your brand. So uh, I wanted to talk to you specifically about ADAS uh, on vans, and, and you alluded there to the fact that, you know, manufacturers that make both cars and vans often have the technology available we know they've developed it it's on the cars but it's not always going on to the onto the uh the vans so what do you know why they're why don't they put that technology onto the vans we think most of it is just down down to consumer pressure and economics that um manufacturers understand the power of the ncap five star rating that if you don't have five stars or four stars or certainly a high score, you're unlikely to appeal to a broad market. We see that with vehicle manufacturers. So they really strive to get a coveted five-star rating, whether that's um, you know, Renault or Volvo or Mercedes-Benz. Every manufacturer strives for five-star ratings. Um, but as, as there wasn't a similar rating system for commercial vans, all there was to do was the regulation, which at that time didn't require any sort of ADAS system fitted. So manufacturers are thinking, why do I need to fit this? If I can make my van cheaper and more um, competitive, then I'll do that. Now, some manufacturers broke the mold and we saw that there were some differences. Mercedes were producing a lot of um, uh, optional equipment and VW, on their transport range was actually beginning to fit AEB as standard. And we saw that there was obviously a market drive for that, hence the need for the ratings to tell the consumer, buy this van, don't buy that van. So you, you've been working with Euro NCAP to create this new safety rating uh, for vans, so users can clearly see what systems are available and, and how good they are. And the, the first round of results was uh, released in, I think it was December 2020, and you tested, I think, 19 of the commonly available vans in the, uh, in the UK. What, what did you find in those tests? Um, we were shocked by what we found. We, we found uh, that most ADAS systems uh, aren't fitted as standard. As I said, uh, VW were fitting some of it as standard, but most of it, including the best-selling van in the UK, the Ford Transit Custom, just had none of this equipment available as standard. Some manufacturers were fitting it uh, as an option, but there were quite a lot of manufacturers who weren't even fitting it as an option. I mentioned Nissan. So the first ratings we did, we tested 19 vans. And obviously, as you understand, a lot of these uh, uh, vans are shared. So Stellantis, they badge the same van in, in different different markets or um, it carries different badges, whether it's a, a Fiat or a, or a um, Peugeot or a Citroen van, but it's essentially the same van. It comes off the same production line. And we decided to rate uh, in uh, separate categories. So we have uh, a platinum rating and there were no platinum ratings. And then there was a gold rating and then a silver and a bronze and then a not recommended. And there were too many vans that were simply not recommended. Um, and we had no platinum ratings at all. So that was our first set of ratings and the best performers were um, that we saw from VW and from uh, Ford with the large transit 
and the um, Mercedes Sprinter. So those were our sort of best performer vans that we had then, but we were hoping we would see some manufacturers rising to the challenge. And I think this year we have. What, what was the initial response from fleet managers and vehicle manufacturers to that first set of results? Then? Well, it was mixed and vehicle manufacturers recognized this. They said that, you know, we're making the right vans for the customers. And therefore, um, you know, there isn't so much a, 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 so much of a requirement from customers to buy this. And can we really afford to make our van less competitive than another van putting this safety equipment on? But when we talked to the van manufacturers, they said we do have this technology. We could fit it if there was demand for it. So we see as Euro NCAP driving the demand. And so the message is very much to the fleet operators, the owner drivers, you know, you can't afford to not have your vehicles on the road earning money. And even after a minor collision, they could be off the road being repaired. And then let's think about the injuries, potential injuries that you're avoiding for your drivers. And also think about your brand reputation as well. No one wants to see, you know, on Facebook or Twitter, a sign written van being involved in the collision. So there's lots of reasons why you should be buying a van with this equipment. So our ratings make the choice clear. Buy this van with this equipment and you've got the safest van there is on the market. Mm. What was what was the reasoning behind the different type of safety rating to the cars, for example? So with the Euro NCAP car ratings, they're, they're sort of five star rating is the top. They get a number of stars. Whereas with the vans, you've opted for a bronze, silver, gold, platinum. Is there a reason why, why it's a different type of rating? Well, yeah, and there's a couple of things. Firstly, the obvious one is we wanted to separate it. We've got a different message to a different audience. Uh, this is very much a B2B message. We're trying to um, sort of talk to fleet operators uh, and, um, you know, owner drivers. And, you know, they've probably on their drive, they've got a five-star Euro NCAP vehicle to protect themselves and their families. Do they do that for their drivers who work for them? So we're talking to a different audience and therefore we wanted to separate it. And the other thing is that this is a uh, series of tests that we will change uh, every couple of years. So we'll continue to um, raise the, the barrier. And also we wanted to see this as a sort of badge of honor. So we've been engaging uh, with quite a lot of the um, traffic authorities like Transport for London and uh, National Highways to sort of inform them about, you know, you have the power maybe to encourage the, the, the users of your uh, roads to be driving safer vehicles. So maybe you could say that um, we don't want you to drive in London unless you've got a vehicle of a certain um, safety rating. Uh, maybe you would be more likely to get a delivery contract if you have vehicles that are safer, if they're, they're gold and not bronze, you're more likely to get that um, contract. So we're trying to encourage a new market and a new audience to understand the benefits of driving safer vehicles. Um, and I think that's something that Driving for Better Business, we try to encourage them to think about as well. And in one of your previous answers, you mentioned about the um, 
the, the time that the vehicle is off road if it's had an incident while it's repaired and uh, from the conversations I have with fleet managers that's one of the biggest costs and the biggest risks to the business is actually you can't do business if your fleet is off the road being being repaired um, and so it's really important that they look at this technology because it can remove one of the key risks involved in running a fleet can't it that's right and you also have to think of the driver who's injured in a collision you know hopefully they're okay and recovering but they're probably not being they're probably not signing up to work and we know there's a lack of delivery drivers out there especially around hgvs uh, and therefore we understand that one of your best um, assets is your driver so you should be protecting that driver and also recruiting staff is not so easy so if you have safer vehicles and you're making a point at saying look drivers come and work for us because we've got the safest vehicles on the market maybe that attracts them and obviously what we're trying to do here is make the information available because we've talked to a lot of fleet managers who said well I don't know what to choose because the manufacturer is going to try and flog me lots of stuff, but I'm not sure I need it. So we're helping them make that choice to say, these are the technologies that make a difference. These are the technologies that uh, improve the safety of the vehicles. And hey, why not talk to your insurer about you fitting this technology to your vehicle? Does that mean that your uh, fleet premiums are reduced? Worth talking to the insurers about it as well. So what, what are the sorts of technologies that you're testing for uh, on these vans? What are some of the most common ones that you really want to see adopted across sort of the whole range? Well, the most important technology is probably AEB, Autonomous Emergency Braking. So that uses a radar or a camera or a combination of both that we talk in, in a concept we call sensor fusion to uh, identify, is there something in the vehicle, is the driver responding? Try and get the driver to respond with a warning if they don't, put the brakes on automatically. So that's stopping front into rear crashes. That's one of the most common urban crashes there is. Uh, it's also preventing accidents with uh, pedestrians and cyclists as well. So AEB is one of the most important technologies. The second most important technology is probably our lane support systems a lot of crashes occur um, because drivers, you know, momentarily dis um, uh, distracted and their vehicle sort of crosses over the white line, either runs into another car, uh, runs into a tree or crosses over the centre line and, and goes into another car. All crashes that you want to avoid uh, as much as you can. So we look at the lane support technologies, but we also look at other technologies like the simple seatbelt reminder warning. Very, very powerful um, uh, encouragement to put safety belts on. Too many um, you know, commercial vehicle drivers are not wearing their safety belt, even though it's a legal requirement. And also things like speed limiters. Now, a lot of people see speed limiters as you know, big brother, you know, um, controlling your speed, but it's also extremely helpful. Um, you know, people really see the benefit of controlling their speed, having a speed reminder warning to tell you this is a 30, this is a 40, this is a 50. We all get very confused. What's the speed limit here? Most of us want to stick to the speed limit. And obviously having the reminder there is really, really helpful. Helps you keep a clean license as well. Um, I, I sometimes hear people um, being a bit disparaging of these systems, probably through um, 
lack of full awareness of what they do, thinking that um, potentially the driver can get to rely on these systems and maybe some complacency sticks in. Is that so, is that a valid concern or not? It's probably a valid concern, but we don't see it in the statistics. All I can tell you is that when we look at the uh, efficacy of these systems in the market, vehicles that have got this technology have fewer crashes than those that don't, period. So why wouldn't you want it on your vehicle? So the, the reason we were talking today, obviously, is that you're about to release um, the second set of results uh, for, the, for the van tests. Um, have things improved? Yes, they have. I, I'm pleased, Simon, to say that they have improved. And, and our probably standout star is, some people might be surprised by this, the Fiat Ducato. That is our very first platinum-rated van. That is the safest van that we've ever tested. So it's a fairly regular van, it's not a high-end van, but we're very, very pleased that Fiat have made the provision to put this technology on the vehicle. Now, it doesn't come as standard. You have to tick the box um, to make sure that technology is on, but at least the Stellantis group, our own Fiat, are making that technology available, and we're very pleased. So that's our first platinum-rated van. We also see some movement. So the Ford Transit Custom, which is the UK's best selling van, now secures a gold rating. It was it was a silver before. And really the most disappointing is probably Nissan with their Interstar, which I think was formerly the MV400, which was our worst performer and gets a not recommended rating because Nissan doesn't even see fit to fit this technology even as an option. Now, if you check their equivalent price passenger cars, let's say a Nissan Duke or a Qashqai, that has the technology as standard. In fact, we voted the Nissan Qashqai, the what car safety car of the year, um, because it had so much good technology in a value package. So Nissan know how to do this, producing some of the safest cars. When it comes to vans, they seem to ignore the customer. So I'd suggest maybe uh, van operators might want to look elsewhere. So you you mentioned earlier that um, a lot of the vans in the previous year's tests, um, uh, similar to what you've just said about the Nissan, the, the technology wasn't even available if you chose to tick a box and pay extra money for it. So have you seen that across a number of the other vans? You know, you tested 19 last year. Have you seen that across more manufacturers that they're starting to be more willing to offer this technology on those vans? Is that what's reflected in the results? Yes, and, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Renault and Ford offering more technology and their ratings um, increasing. So um, our first step is to make the technology available uh, and um, a sort of uh, sneak peek for our next ratings, because um, next year we'll be putting the uh, requirements uh, even higher and we'll be expecting manufacturers to fit a lot of this technology as standard. So we will continue to raise the bar and encourage manufacturers to start fitting this technology as standard as they do for the passenger cars. So very good ratings so far, very pleased to see that significant increase, especially as van sales continue to rise. Let's see uh, a corresponding rise in the safety ratings of those vans as well. But the manufacturers are also on notice that we're gonna to expect to see this technology fitted as standard in the future. 
And what about the the different technologies themselves? Do you see variations in the sort of capabilities of of say an AEB AEB system or a lane keeping system across different manufacturers and different types of vans? Yeah, we still see some differences. So the Fiat Ducato's AEB system was very very good, very good for. Uh, pedestrians, cyclists, as well as car to car, where some of the other systems we've seen from Renault are less sensitive uh, and will work with cars, but not necessarily work with pedestrians or cyclists. So we do see some differences there, see some differences in performance. And that's why it's so important that we've got these performance grades. So it's not a tick box. It's not you've either got AEB available or you haven't. It's also how good is the system and how much technology has been fitted. One of the most important technologies we're beginning to see being fitted would be something like the driver monitoring systems. Now, again, it sounds like spies in the cab, but this technology, which is you know very, very new even to passenger cars, we're not seeing it on vans yet, but it's monitoring the driver's status to make sure that the driver isn't drowsing, but also seeing whether the driver's paying attention. You know, there's an awful lot for a van driver to do now. Um, you know, they've got very, very quick turnaround between drops, you know, for parcel deliveries. And it's all too easy to be distracted looking at mobile phones to see where your next drop is. And so that technology, bringing the driver back into loop, making sure the eyes are on the road all the time is vitally important to increase safety. Mm. Um, now, you mentioned about fleet managers uh, you, your desire for them to sort of take these safety systems into consideration when they're when they're acquiring their vans, uh, I guess whether they're leasing them or, or buying them or, or whatever. Um, what are the things we want to do with this technology? Is obviously encourage much wider fitment across vans because that then helps um, the technology filter through into the second hand market when those uh, vehicles reach the end of their kind of first life with their, their uh, they'll end up in the second hand van market and that technology then becomes available to others. So. How, um, how, what should fleet managers be saying to either their leasing companies or the manufacturers to encourage this to be um, either fitted as standard um, or, or maybe at a, a lower cost? Is there anything fleet managers can do to, to sort of put pressure on the manufacturers to work harder at this? I think there is. I think fleet managers have got a role to play. And if you're looking at, you know, uh, a new fleet of vans, you can look at some of the brands like Volkswagen who are fitting some of this technology as standard and maybe make a choice there as opposed to one of the other brands. So I would urge the fleet manager managers to look at our ratings and to make the right choice. And, you know, if you want, if you want a standard fit system, then some manufacturers are making it available standard and that's the choice. And I think, um, a fleet manager making the point, you know, that we have decided on these new um, vans for our fleet and they're all Fiat Ducatos and we've ticked all the boxes because we want a safe fleet. I think that's making a very, very important statement. And these manufacturers obviously understand the power of that and their, their um, products conti continue to be competitive. So um, I think there is a huge bargaining 
um, case that uh, the fleet operators can make and the fleet managers in saying, I'm not buying your uh, vehicles unless you put this equipment on and you make it standard. Mm. Um, what, one of the things I noticed from the, the results this year, as well as, as, as last year, there's a huge spread from, from top to bottom. Um, they do seem to have all sort of shifted slightly further upwards uh, this year, because obviously we've got our first platinum van, which we didn't have last year. Um, in the previous results, I think there were five not recommended, but the, there's, there's only one this year. So there's still some improvement, but that huge spread of results is, is still a concern, isn't it? Uh, uh, do you expect the rest of the manufacturers to kind of follow Fiat's lead and, um, and put some more effort uh, into this now? Yes, we would. I mean, as you said, I mean, we've got one coveted platinum manufacturer, we've got um, uh, seven silvers, we've got six bronze, and we've got four golds. Um, so manufacturers are beginning to respond. Now, one of the things behind this is, of course, there's a new European regulation called the General Safety Regulation, GSR 2, uh, and that stipulates that uh, new vans that have new type approvals going on sale this year will have to have some of this technology fitted as standard. So um, if you like, a European directive is forcing manufacturers to do this. And by 2024, all manufacturers will have to fit some of this technology on the standard. So you might ask the question, well, why are we doing what we are doing? Well, uh, any regulation like that tends to work at a fairly low level. So whilst manufacturers will be forced to fit some of this technology, it won't be a high performing system. So what we will be moving towards once we get manufacturers engaged in actually making this uh, equipment available is one, making it standard fit and then really pushing the performance to avoid manufacturers just fitting the minimum requirements to pass the regulation and actually fitting high performing systems. So basically you won't get gold or, or platinum unless you've got a, a system that way, um, you know, outperforms uh, the regulatory requirements. Plus there are several things in our ratings that aren't yet required for those regulations and unlikely to be in the future. Um, so we are going as ever above and beyond where the regulations uh, lie, even in 2025. Fantastic. Now we're we're going to publish this podcast just after the um, official test results are, are released. Where where can our listeners go to find out more about the the test results and see where the vans they commonly purchase sit in that uh, that league table? Well, if they go to EuroNCAP.com, they can see all the ratings there, uh, and you can find a link to that on the Fashion Research website. Um, and the other useful um, provision on the URNCAP website is you can drill down into that and it will show the availability on each market. So we cover EU 27 plus one now, and we show the ratings, the fitment rates uh, across all of the EU states. So you'll be able to look at the United Kingdom and say what's available on our van, because it is different between countries. And we do have a reasonably high level of fitment in the UK, and we're much better than, let's say, France or, or Italy, which is doubly impressive that Fiat has decided to make this uh, fitted, you know, uh, make this equipment available as an optional fit. Um, and yeah, I would uh, urge people to look at Platinum Ram, Van, look at a Fiat Ducato. 
Fantastic. Well, we'll put links to all of those resources in the show notes. Matthew, thank you for being our guest today and I look forward to seeing what the response is to these latest results. Thank you. If you manage drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast, there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the Driving for Better Business website, and these are all free to access. If you enjoyed the conversation, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released, and please also give us a five-star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.